What is a critical conversation? A critical conversation is a conversation that, it, that reveals important content, not only about ourselves, but about other people. Critical conversations edify, heal, and provide substance. Join Latanya Harris Good as she introduces us to critical conversations right here on Trailblazer Radio. Hello, everybody. This is LHG. I am just coming to let you know that I am an independent paparazzi jewelry consultant. You didn't know that, did you? Well, now you know. So I would love to be your personal jewelry lady. Paparazzi is an amazing company. We sell nickel and lead free jewelry. We are known for our $5 bling, but you just need to know there is an exclusive Z collection that's $25. It's the bling of all bling when you're really going out on the town and you want to show up absolutely fabulous. So we have items for women. For men and for young fashionistas out there, we don't discriminate. If you need it, I'm sure we got it. You have the opportunity to follow my page on Facebook called Polished on Purpose, a VIP group. Follow my personal page, which Tiny Hair is Hidden. And I have my own website that is at your disposal 24-7. So many ways to shop. So let me be the one. That makes sure you are accessorized the way you should be. Because I want you to be polished on purpose. My mentor always tells me, when you show up, people are checking you out. They're watching you. So why not be polished? Be poised. Be purposeful. Glam it up with pop, honey. I got what you need. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Critical Conversations with LHG. I am so grateful that you chose to stop by tonight. Um, is my sound okay, sis? You didn't hear me? I'm checking with my, with my guest to see if she can hear me. Can you hear me, sister? We are having a little bit of technical difficulty. Can you hear me now, Sandra? No? Hold on, everybody. I can hear you. I can hear you, sister. My mic is on. My mic is on. Let me see why my guests can't hear me, y'all. Bear with us. Bear with us. Bear with us. Okay, can you hear me, Sandra? No? Oh, my Lord. Hold on, everybody. Hold on, everyone. She has got to be able to hear me for me to be able to interview her. And I am not sure why. Why my song isn't coming through. I'm going to have her check her. Sandra, can you make sure that your, your laptop isn't set to mute? Let me chat her. Hold on, audience.
bear with us, bear with us. Bear with us, everybody. Oh, it's... I can hear you, Sandra. Bear with us, audience. I'm just trying to make sure my co-host or my guest can hear can hear me as a big part of tonight's conversation, critically. Bear with us, everybody. Okay, so you heard that. You just can't hear me. Oh, goodness gracious. Hmm. Bear with me, everybody. Come on, hoes. Camera's on. Mic is on. I don't have my sound muted. That is really strange. Bear with us, everybody. Bear with us. Bear with us. Let's try something different here. Okay, let's try okay, that. Let's try that. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Sandra? 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 Can you hear me now? No? Still can't hear me, huh? Whoa, I don't know what this is. You can hear me? Yes. I can't hear you again. Mm -hmm. This is the strangest thing, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what could be causing the audio issues today? And we apologize for this. I'm going to have my guests go out and come back in. That will work. 
Kirk. Let me go to chat her really quickly, everybody. Hang on, everybody. We, we're getting it together. Yes. She's going to go out and come back in, everybody. Hang tight, please. We apologize for the technical issue that we have on this episode. So she is going to come out and come back in. And I hope that you can hear me. And let's just pray that when she comes back in, she can hear me. So let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Okay, let's try now. Your prayers have been answered. Our prayers have now? been Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Woo. Woo. Yes. 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 <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo. You know, I'm, I'm so we not surprised them. when these Boom. things happen. Can you hear I'm me now? I'm working on that, Minister it, Cobb. It, yes. It, yes. It, it took me years. But I, I recognize truly that it's wow. every time is a, is a trick of the enemy. And it used to really set me back. Wow. Uh, but it, it, it just doesn't anymore. It, it actually is proof, sis, that wow. you got a message that the people need to hear. Yes. That's Amen. It. And thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. I want to start with prayer and we're going to okay. jump right in. Father, in the name of Jesus, the true and living God, we live, we move only because of you. Thank you for this opportunity to connect with this beautiful sister who I have had in my mind for a while to want to bring her uh, on the show. And thank you for opening up this door of opportunity. Thank you for working through all of the issues and things that we've had to get to this moment. God, be with us in this conversation. Someone is going to get the healing that they need. Someone is going to begin the journey towards reconciliation and freedom. Someone is going to be set free from some stuff that's been plaguing them for years through this awesome moment of God. Thank you for this conversation. That'll be the first of many that help us to be well in every single area of our life, because I believe that's your plan for us, yes. for every area to be in divine alignment with your word. We want to be in alignment with your will and word. Anything else just is sinking sand. So God, be with us this day as we were this critical station in Jesus name I pray amen yes God amen I thank God. hallelujah again welcome, welcome to our audience I want to introduce to you we're not going to belabor the time but I want to introduce to you my sister uh minister Sandra Cobb and I want to tell you a little bit about her my first encounter with minister Cobb was through clubhouse and she uh, came on the clubhouse and she spoke about forgiveness as a forgiveness coach. And I had never heard of such an occupation. So I was automatically just, you know, totally in tune because I, as, as many of you know, if you've been watching my show, I have been dealing with some childhood trauma and even adult trauma that has been following me 
through the decades, that's showing up in my relationships, showing up in my marriage, showing up in my child, to, to cross into forgiveness totally so that I can be every bit of God me to be, walk in every facet of my life that God created with no limits and no boundaries and not be stuck by this constant replay of what's happened to me because what mm -hmm. happens to you, behind you, it can be a part of your journey and God can even use what happens to you to catapult you into a whole other realm of peace mm -hmm. and joy and tranquility. So Sandra L. tell you what that forgiveness coach y'all that means she helps christians who have experienced traumatic events to re-engage in their life through inner healing and forgiveness most if not all of my shows have been based upon some level of healing some level of wellness some level some level of finding your voice the entire mantra of my show is for all seven of those dimensions spiritual emotional financial physical All those dimensions, and I hope that my connection may bear with us to introduce to you, and she's going to tell us more about her and more about her ministry, Minister Sandra Cobb. Thank you for being on the show, sister. Can you hear me okay? I can. I can. It was a little choppy there for a Good. second, but you now i can hear you now thank you so much okay good for the invitation. Oh, thank you yeah i think we have a delay so i'm gonna pause a little bit before i speak so i think you were about to ask me a question i'm gonna give and tell us more about who you are and what you do Okay. All right. As you uh, mentioned, can you hear me well? Okay. So I am uh, an ordained elder at Second Ebenezer Church under the leadership of um, the great, awesome, amazing Bishop Edgar L. Van and our executive pastor, Elder Sheila R. Van. I, um, I, I love your conversation and your um, your willingness to have these conversations that are so needed for all of us. Um, the landing as a forgiveness coach wasn't happenstance. It was part of God taking my life experiences. And, and although he wasn't the initiator of many of the things that happened, right? Because bad things happen to even Christians. But he's able to take some of the 
you know, the bad things and find some good and work them out together for our good so that we can, um, we can grow from them. We can learn from them. We can um, perhaps even uh, use them to be a blessing, not just for ourselves, but for other people. And so, uh, like many people at the start of the pandemic a couple of years ago, uh, I, I was faced with a, a moment to shift. And uh, because of the job that I was previously on, it was it had changed, things had changed, expectations had changed. And God gave me a moment where it was it was now or when or never. You know, this is a moment that you can shift into doing something uh, different. As a minister, all my work assignments, even career assignments that I've taken on, have been opportunity to use my gifts that God has given me. And I and I, I did that on purpose. I prayed for those opportunities. God, how can I use the gifts? Is you know, and still make an income because I have bills to pay. But I really wanted to go into full-time ministry. And so at this opportunity to pivot, I asked God, what can, what can I do? You know, how can I seize this opportunity and pivot and go into full-time ministry? And what would I do? And so um, I had a friend, I believe you may know her, Dr. Crystal Eason, um, who introduced yes. me to yeah, she introduced me to this program called Chase Great University, which is a Christian uh, coaching program um, that helps people who believe that they are called to coach to identify their niche in yes. coaching. And niche being what what specific, what would be your field of expertise in coaching? Now, I had never considered coaching, but in ministry, when you're called to minister to people, a lot of times you are coaching, but you're not calling it coaching. You're calling it service. You're calling it ministry. You're calling it helping people. Uh, so I went into prayer and, and and through prayer and working through this coach at Chase Great University. It's like, God, what, what, well, what is it? What kind of what kind of coach would you have me to be? And it was so clear that and, and you'll hear this oftentimes that a lot of times your your misery will become your mis your ministry, right? Sis, I wasn't looking for it. I'm just <laughs> being straight up for it. <laughs> I was glad to be through the misery. I was yeah. glad to have survived the ministry, the misery. My God had, and and it wasn't it wasn't a new thought to God. I'm just catching up with His plan, right? I'm up with his plan. So through much prayer and a lot of searching and a lot of crying and a lot of praying, praying God clearly um, made it very clear to me that I could help people as a coach in the area of forgiveness, yes. right? Because my greatest pain points in my life that I had survived up to this point centered around forgiveness, major forgiveness. And you talk about, you know, uh, you have been talking about uh, childhood trauma. And so if you notice that uh, I specifically am trying to help people who have had traumatic events, 
that they need to overcome and heal from. And I'm persuaded that part of that healing comes through a decision that you make to forgive. Now, uh, and I, I could talk on forever, sis, as you know. I can talk forever <laughs> about forgiveness. But that that's how I, and I landed here. Um, I could tell you a little bit about my, my a, a very traumatic event. Yes. That landed me here. And that was the murder of my baby sister, Nikki, 37 years ago. I was a Christian at the time, a fairly new Christian, kind, kind of a babe in Christ. But as in most Christian churches, I don't care how long, it doesn't take long for you to get into the church and you'll start hearing sermons about forgiveness. Yes. As Christians, we got to forgive. As Christians, we're supposed to forgive. So I've heard the sermons. I read it for myself. And as a Christian, I wanted to please the Father. So I, I wasn't arguing with whether or not I'm going to forgive these uh, young men that murdered my sister. I believe it was something I was supposed to do it. And I wanted to do it, right, because I was a Christian and thought I had done it. You couldn't have told me that I had not forgiven them. But it turns out that it was really just a head decision that mm -hmm. I had made, even though I said it with my mouth. And I came to realize this um, uh, when, when, you know, one night I had a dream and in the dream, I was part of my evangelism team at my church, mm -hmm. right? Which, which I am in, in, in reality, I am part, and I love evangelism. I love leading people to Christ. I really believe it's the most important thing that you can do on this yes. side of heaven, help lead people to Christ. So we were at a men's prison. And preparing to share the gospel with the men in the prison. And it was my turn. Others had shared the gospel. It was my turn to share the gospel with the next prisoner. And so I'm sitting in my seat waiting for the prisoner to come to me so I could share with him. And he walks forward. And as he gets closer, I could see that this was one of the young men that murdered my sister, Nikki. Oh, my God. And so, God, I... I I kid you not, it was like I was watching the movie and God had interrupted this movie with a commercial break. Jesus, Jesus. And in this commercial break, God speaks to me loudly and clearly asks me, have you forgiven these young men that murdered your sister? So if they need to hear the gospel, you are able to share it with them without hesitation. So they can be saved. My God. So I woke up. I'm sobbing now. I'm so I'm sobbing, crying. God, you know, I'm I'm clearly like 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 the disciples said. Well, clearly, God, you know the fact that you asked me this question tells me I have not forgiven. And so I repented. I've cried. I cried. God, I'm so sorry. I thought I forgave them. Uh, and, and so I need your help. I don't know how to do this. Clearly, I don't know how to do it because I thought I had. So it was from that point that God began to teach me step by step where I was and how to truly forgive these young men so I can share the gospel for, with them. Because my anger 
which I had, mm. my resentment, which I had, the bitterness, which I had. But I didn't know I had all this stuff. I thought I had moved past it. I thought I had gotten over it. All that stuff that I had inside of me. And yes, they were wrong. Of course, they were wrong to murder my sister. Who in the world did they think they were to decide it was time for my sister's life to be over? With, with all of that, it was not worth them not rehearing the gospel. Wow. It was not worth them having the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and be saved. And from again, from that, I repented and God began to teach me how to forgive. He became, a, he was my first counselor, sis. And I believe in counselors. I believe in godly Christian counseling. He was my first counselor. So every ache, every pain, every, every single emotion that I felt, I was able to take to God and he showed me how to deal with it all and to and to forgive. And so what he uh, he called me then into this coaching. And as part of the coaching, I'm coaching and he and he speaks and speaks to me to put in a book form. Yes. To put in a book form. Because not everyone's gonna go to the coach. We know that. Right. Not everyone's gonna see and I'm not a professional licensed therapist or counselor. I do believe in them. But not, not everyone is going to seek a counselor or a therapist or a coach. Mm -hmm. So God had me to put strategies that he had given me. And I know work because they work for me, right? I've seen them work for other people mm -hmm. into a book called Free to Forgive. Yes. And, and I just hear th this is this is not a new message. Forgiveness is not a new message. Mm. It's not a new message. Our relationship. If you're part of the family of God, your your relationships started with forgiveness. Wow, wow, wow! It's it's core at everything that we believe as, as people of faith. Forgiveness is you you can you can try to avoid it, and mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. You can try to avoid it, but it's there. It's core. At everything going, like you said, everything else going well for you centers around forgiveness. Wow. So I'm I'm gonna yield the mic. <laughs> I'm gonna yield the mic at the point at this point and see. Well, Did you leave the conversation? I wanna first of all just say give my condolences for the loss of your sister. Um I cannot imagine what that feels like. I commend you for the level of maturity and God-fidence, God-fidence that you had to say, you know what, Lord, I'm choosing a better way because I'm sure many would have stood flat-footed in that anger and let that thing create a war. And many of us have done that as Christians. And I have to say, I have to say, I haven't taken that high road with everyone when it comes to forgiveness. Now, when it came to my past relationships and my dating, I forgave all kind of crap. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, oh, well, you know, maybe I wasn't better enough to them and they had to go cheat because I wasn't a good enough woman. Oh, I forgave all kind of crap. But when mm -hmm. it came to my family, mm -hmm. when it came to the one person mm -hmm. that I felt 
that was supposed to protect me and did not. Oh, I said I forgave. Inside of my heart, I thought I did. And life went on and we had a seemingly wonderful relationship. But deep, deep down Mm -hmm. in the the archives of my mind was this question, does she really love me? Mm -hmm. And then this one word that kept me trapped is why. Mm-hmm. Many of us, I can't say that I, I mean, let me make it personal. I have an issue with forgiving because of that one word, mm-hmm. I, because I just want to know why. And in therapy, I'm being mm-hmm. told, Latanya, they probably don't even know why. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. are they going to articulate to you what mm-hmm. they don't even understand? People make decisions for multitudes of reasons, their mm-hmm. own trauma, their True. own pain, their own pain Absolutely. points, their lack of knowledge, their whatever. And, and it's not my job to understand the why, because even if I got an answer, I still probably wouldn't like it, coach. I still probably wouldn't like it. Th- that's the reality. And, and you're not alone. Many people and many people have told me they get stuck at they just want to know why. Why did you do it? Just tell me why you did it. And you may get the why. Okay. Their why. Right? But it's, I, I just can't imagine it will still satisfy mm. you. Right? The truth is, you didn't deserve it. That's the truth. Whatever that you did not deserve to be hurt the way you were hurt. Right? It, there's there. There are some you may get a why, but it's it's got you you can't hang on that why because I just mm-hmm. I think you'll be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then on top of your anger and your resentment, now you got disappointed because the why didn't satisfy you. Yes. And we've got to be okay with not having a, a, a why. Why why does a man or woman abuse their spouse? It's not a good enough why. Mm-hmm. Maybe now for them, hopefully, prayerfully, they go to counseling and they find their, their true why. Mm-hmm. But for the person who's been abused, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't eliminate and wipe away that pain and um, the physical pain, emotional pain, all, all the levels of pain that, that the why just is not going get, to get them through it. Yes. You know, sometimes we got to be okay with that and be willing to live with the fact that we won't be okay with that. Why we may never get it, and if you get it, it still may not satisfy. You. And, and that's think, okay, and that's really what people are looking for something to soothe it and something to satisfy. And there really isn't much or anything a person can say to say, Oh, that's why. Okay, well, thank you. No, that that's right. not how it works. It's it's trauma. It's not it something that you're gonna be able to get a response from someone that just erases the abuse and erases. And the other thing is, is Minister Cobb, the apology. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to continue to live my life, even if the person doesn't even acknowledge that that's what true. they did was traumatic. So beyond the why. 
before you get to a why, you got you, you're looking for someone to say, I did it, I'm sorry. They may never, they may never even see it as an issue. Well, I didn't think it was a problem when this person was allowed to do whatever they did to you because, oh, I think it was your fault. Or I think mm-hmm. you prompted them. I think it was because of what you had on that they wanted to, to you know, touch you in that way. You mm-hmm. were being, you know, fast. So mm-hmm. then you look at them like, seriously? Mm-hmm. And we learned in therapy a concept called radical acceptance, mm-hmm. which means I may not know why. I don't agree with it, but mm-hmm. it happened. Right. And at least if I can reconcile it in my mind that it's over. It happened. And like you said, I didn't deserve it. Now what? Because people well, get you, so stuck at that point. Go ahead, coach. They, they do. Um, before you can accept it, you have to acknowledge that it happened. Yes. And, and sometimes it seems easier to kind of pretend like it didn't really happen. Mm. If I can, if if somehow I can just push it back, you know, the, yes. the, the pain and the thought, if I can just push it back, if I can just squash it and just keep going on with my daily life, um, somehow I'm okay. That's yes. not okay. That's, that's yeah. not okay. And you, it, you know this, this is our history, mm-hmm. trying to sweep, mm-hmm. sweep things under the rug, right? And, and you can sweep them. You can keep that same funky rug for 50 Ooh. years. Yes. Uh, but when and leave where the rug is. But when you come back, the issue's still there. Right. Yes. And now it's funky and now it's rotten. And now you can smell it before you see it because yes. it has and it hasn't been dealt with yet. So but and sometimes um, people have struggled with. Um, acknowledging that I was hurt because of who the person was that hurt them. Yes. They can't wrap their minds around that was my daddy that did that. Right. That was my uncle. That was my aunt. That was my sister. That was a brother. That was my mama. That was a grandmother. That was a religious leader. You know, we can't wrap our minds around the fact because there are some people, now we may not trust everyone, mm-hmm. but there are some people in our lives that we just believe, I have a right to put my trust in you and, and, you're ne- and yes. expect you'll never hurt me. You're not yes. supposed to be the one to drop me. No. And sometimes it's those people who least expected to drop us that dropped mm-hmm. us we can't, we can't get our minds wrapped around it. and we just we may think it's forgiven but a lot of times it's just avoidance mm. I'm hearing some noise in the background can you hear that? your audio went down a little bit but it's, it seems to be coming back though okay okay so, some, so avoiding the thing is not you, you, th- you think you're um, helping yourself not to feel the pain. There, there, there's not going to be a way to avoid feeling the pain. Um, there's a safe way to address the pain. 
But again, mm. before you can accept what happens, sis, you got to acknowledge that yes. it happened. And and I like your point so much that ac- accepting it doesn't mean I condone it. Right. It still was wrong. Doesn't mean you get permission to do it again. Accepting accepting just means that it was a reality of something that happened in my life. It was bad. It was bad to me, but I can't change the past. I can't go back and undo it. That's accepting. And so now where do I go from here? Right. We, we don't accepting it doesn't mean you got to stay there, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't pitch your tent there and yeah. plan to stay a while, but acknowledge that it was there. It happened. Accept that it did, but don't stay there. What are you going to do next? Absolutely. And even though we we call ourselves sweeping it under the rug, the very essence of that resentment and anger and bitterness it becomes a fight in a fiber of our being and it starts to ooze out and manifest itself in other relationships. So you may think you are avoiding it or think you are putting it in a locked closet, but it still shows up. It may not be as colorful as it was in the beginning, but I'm learning that when you don't forgive or don't acknowledge in the back of your mind, you start making decisions based upon your pain you start not trusting you know you start side eyeing second guessing walking in paranoia because you want to put this protective bubble around yourself to not endure that again so even though you think you okay the people who know you're not okay are the ones who are trying to relate to you Mm -hmm. the ones who are trying to knock that barrier down to get to your heart because for me I got, I've had mama and daddy issues. So mm-hmm. every relationship that came about, it went through a rigorous, mm-hmm. I don't really trust you or I trust you too much. It was mm-hmm. one end of the spectrum to the other. Either I gave them too much trust mm-hmm. or not enough mm-hmm. to make it a long lasting relationship. So I walked through the decades, the, the 90s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, I really want to ask this person, do you think, do you believe me now that this happened to me? I really want to mm-hmm. ask her. I'm afraid mm-hmm. of the answer. So if something happens in my life that brought all of this stuff up in the midst of my family, and we were all like, oh. mm-hmm. so what I thought I was sweeping under the rug showed up. That rug stood up mm-hmm. and caused a literal split in my family. Because all that I was trying to hide came forth. And I'm like, I never wanted anybody to know it. I never wanted anyone to feel like you got to take a side, her side or your side. I never wanted that. But now here I am looking at this thing in the face. And I've got to make a decision. Do I acknowledge, forgive, and heal? Or does it remain a barrier in my life and cause extra anxiety, PTSD, mm-hmm. headaches, and all other ailments. So my question to you, Minister Cobb, is this. Does forgiveness mean you have to reconcile mm-hmm. with the person? Girl, you have said so much. Um, 
quick answer, short answer, but make sure I come back to this. Okay. Not necessarily. Okay. But you, you also talked about how um, you, you holding on to unforgiveness and you think you're okay, but the people around you know you're not. What, what unforgiveness uh, does is it's, it's um, some, some people think just holding on to a small grudge is a small thing, mm. right? So you just hold on to a little grudge here and you hold on to a little grudge here and you hold on to a little grudge here and you hold on to a little grudge here. And what's happening is those, those grudges um, because of the, what, what the hurt that's been done to you, it's their seeds, right? Wow. They're like seeds. And what though, if you don't deal with them, they will be, they will plant themselves Ooh. in your heart and begin to grow. Yes. And they grow into then that's when you see that altered behavior yes. that you're talking about. The Bible talks about pulling up bitterness from the root. It's not really the seed, but it it was a seed that wasn't dealt with. And so it grew in the heart and took root. And that bitterness then begin to alter your personality yes and sometimes without you even realizing it you know that bitterness you're critical um judgmental uh perhaps sarcastic uh some people some people have been so so bitter everything out of their mouth you can taste the bitterness almost nothing's positive everything's negative Right. And so uh, and you've got people who love you, mm-hmm. like you said, trying to connect to you. But that bitterness won't let you. Right. It won't. Let, it's going to cr- create barriers and in these walls of protection, you think, and children trying to connect with you can't. Yes. Uh, uh, people who truly love you, who want to connect with you and be there for you can't. Because of the bitterness and anger and resentment and those things that have taken root in your life and have begun to change and alter your personality. Yes. And so you think you're okay, but I like your point. Ask the people around you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. They may have a different opinion. Yes. And unfortunately, they're suffering, not because okay. of everything they've done. They just want to love you. My God. My right there, there. You, you got children wondering why, why can't, this is real. This is reality. Why can't, why mama always act like she can't stand me? Right. Why, why can't mama stand being in the room with me? Well, maybe because you remind mama of someone. Yes. Who hurt her. Wow. Ooh. 20 years ago, five years ago. She can't address that, but the child is suffering from the punishment of that resentment that mama's still holding on to. If I, you know, any role can be daddy, can be, you, you hold on to that stuff. And sometimes, you know, things come up when we don't deal with stuff, they will, triggers will prompt them to come up. Yes. Right. And again, innocent people get. Uh, when we don't deal with the issue. So now I'm coming back to 
does forgiveness mean there must be reconciliation? Um, according to scripture, uh, pre children of God, we, we, we are told that we have the ministry of reconciliation. That's to help people come back to God. Yes. Right? Um, and relationships are so important to God. And so I do believe that forgiveness is a great tool to bring about reconciliation. I also believe that reconciliation may not always happen for several reasons, right? Mm -hmm. and, and if there's, it takes one person to decide to forgive. And, and, and when, there, when there's been a problem, right? Some kind of offense done. But if you're talking reconciliation of any type of relationship, you're talking about at least two people that have to come into agreement yes. that they yes. want to reconcile, right? You want, you may be the person who has apologized, but you can't make and force the other person to reconcile. Wow. You just can't. You can't make a person accept your apology. No matter how sincere it is, you can't make them. You can mm -hmm. pray and ask God to help them, right? For their sake, if nothing else, give them a forgiving heart, but you can't make a person reconcile. In other cases, it may not be safe to reconcile. You know, we briefly talked about abuse in a relationship. Yes. Um, if that, that abuser may seriously, sincerely have apologized, right? And you may decide to forgive the abuser, but the abuser may need more help, counseling, therapy. And if that person does not avail himself, herself to that help that they need, mm -hmm. that real help that they need, then maybe it's not safe to bring the relationship back together again, mm -hmm. right the way it was. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it forever has to be a part. It may be partial reconciliation with boundaries. Yes. It, it may be uh, reconciliation at a later time. Mm -hmm. or they, there may not be reconciliation. Wow. And that does not mean you have not generally forgiven. You will know that if you have. It, to say, um, I have forgiven you, but I... Uh, if if I never saw you again, or or if you were hurting, I'll never help you. Or, you know, you 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 know what's in your heart. Yes, right? you're still holding something, some type of grudge or something, animosity. But you can truly forgive a person. And again, uh, there may be delayed reconciliation, partial reconciliation, or no reconciliation at all. And that and. Sometimes people have put themselves in unsafe situations, mm. thinking, I've got to mm -hmm. be supposed to forgive wow. and go right back into an abusive relationship and put oh. themselves in harm's way. Wow. My question about forgiveness is this because, speaking for myself, and I hate to put it this bluntly, but I don't know any other way to put it. Mm -hmm. I want to forgive this person, but I have some conditions and maybe forgive forgiveness and conditions shouldn't go in the same sentence. But for me, in order to be able to fully forgive, I want their behavior to be different because otherwise they become a trigger for me. If I say I forgive you and we move towards reconciliation, but you go right back into the behavior that was abusive and offensive. 
I feel as though I'm going to go backwards. Mm-hmm. Is it okay for forgiveness to have boundaries or should forgiveness be, if I forgive you, it's unconditional and there should be no expectation of change behavior? You can, you can forgive. I think that's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. I believe forgiveness is unconditional. Okay. Again, relationship after forgiveness, you have to you have to set the parameters for you to be safe. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and a person that truly wants to that's kind of the reconciliation part. The person, okay. if they were an offender and they truly want the relationship well, they're going to make adjustments necessary to reconcile. It doesn't, forgiveness doesn't mean you're a doormat, right? Watch yeah. people's behavior. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. watch their behavior. Unconditional me- means, uh, and some people have said this, I forgive, I will forgive you if you do this, if you do this. If you never do this again, if you never say this, and you want some kind of promise, some kind of promissory note that the person is saying, almost like a contract, I'm going to sign mm. this contract to say, with all your stipulations, right, whatever, I'll never eat pork again, whatever, right. I'm going to the extreme for a reason. Whatever your stipulations are, you it's almost like you want it in writing and you want them to sign it. And then you get a notary or something, right? Um, and maybe file it mm-hmm. at, at at court, right? And you're withholding yes. your forgiveness until you get all that. That's wow. conditional. It is. You're right. That that's right. that's conditional. I I do want us to consider this. I do want us to consider this. The Bible tells us to forgive as we have been forgiven. Yes. God tells us. To forgive. So I literally take that down. How have you been forgiven? Does God make you sign a contract with all those stipulations before he forgives you? Does God, how many hoops does God make you jump through before he forgives you? Does God keep throwing it back up in your face every chance he gets to say, remember you did that? Remember you did that? Remember you did that? However God has forgiven you, the, the level of forgiveness you have forgiven or, or received from God, God says forgive as, like as, same yes. as, yes. you've been forgiven. Ooh. And his forgiveness is not conditional, right? right. He yeah. does expect us to, to our best to do better. That's mm-hmm. an expectation from God. Mm-hmm. And it's a reasonable expectation from us Humanity to humanity to expect each other to do better. Now that you know that you hurt me this way, I, it's reasonable to expect you not to do that again or try not to do yes. this. Yes. Right? Watch behavior. Absolutely watch behavior. And if, if you decide that behavior has not changed mm-hmm. and it's not, you have you have a right to decide. I don't want to accept that. Yes. Right. And you now I don't know if you're talking a marital relationship or 
there's more effort that goes into a marital relationship mm -hmm. um, as opposed to a non-marital relationship. Right. But there, it's okay to have standards and communicate those standards and those expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, but but be real, be real. People shouldn't have to jump through hoops, right? And and go through again this liturgy of all the do's and don'ts of and promises and swearing and oaths before you extend forgiveness. That is very true. And I'm I'm working on the separation of the forgiveness aspect and the reconciliation aspect. Mm -hmm. And you hear people say, you know, forgiveness is for you. And I'm seeing it as a, a level of freedom. My, mm -hmm. The permission that I need to say, okay, you've acknowledged it. You have, you have mm -hmm. gotten the help that you need. You've, you've voiced it. You've laid it on an altar. You have done all that you can do with it. Now it's time to move forward. And I really have, I thought I was, I thought I was free. Minister mm -hmm. I really did. But when this thing blew up in my face, I'm like, I really haven't forgiven. Um, because it started to manifest even even how we go to work. When we are employers or we are leaders, sometimes people who work with you get the brunt of your unforgiveness when it doesn't have anything to do with them. It has True. nothing to do with them, but you you second guess and you side eye others because of what somebody mm -hmm. else has done we do it in mm -hmm. relationship because your ex-boyfriend did this to you now you don't want you want to make sure you hurt him before he hurts you and he's like well, what the heck did i do right. we right. try to right. always beat someone to it we think they're gonna do the same thing that that person did to us because we probably haven't forgiven and moved past it so mm -hmm. it's alive it's a living organism in our yeah. minds Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm tired. I am almost 50. And mm -hmm. I'm like, at what point? I, 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 appreciate, I, appreciate, I, I appreciate your transparency. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there are things, especially in childhood, there are things that have happened to us. Um, and there's almost... You think it's just the one person that did the one act or thing that was mm -hmm. the offense that you need to forgive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's almost like a village of people you need to forgive. Yes. Because it's like, where was the person who was supposed to be protecting you? Yes. And there's a grudge there. And you blame them because you weren't protected. Right. Uh, who, you know, and, and you start thinking about other people that quote unquote let this happen. Yes. Um, and so what, what is a good thing to do, a practice that I suggest is that you write down, you write down a list of, of offenses that have wounded you, wounded, and I choose that word on purpose, mm -hmm. wounded you. Um, that you still need to heal from, who caused the offense, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and and how you know how did it hurt you? What impact has it had on you? And and take all that, start having conversation with God. Yes, about that. Really, start having to, now 
again, when you're talking about childhood trauma, there there are a lot of um, um, practices, therapeutic practices mm-hmm. that are good and necessary to go through. Uh, but I, as I've not about as I've done research myself too on childhood drama, there there are psychiatrists mm-hmm. that will say that even with all the therapeutic practices that are necessary to go through, you can't avoid addressing whether or not you're going to forgive. Wow. It makes it all work. Yes. It it can make it all work if Mm -hmm. you decide that you will forgive. Wow. So um, part of what what I do is, is help people uh, Christian and non-Christian mm-hmm. forgiveness is for everybody, right? Yes. But, and people have the have to have their own motivation for forgiveness. Yes. And and some people don't realize the impact, as you've been describing, that unforgiveness will will, will have on you. If mm-hmm. you begin to carry un, unforgiveness, is is like these uh, weights bring with it these weights that attach themselves to you, sis. Yes. Weight of anger, the weight of bitterness, the weight of resentment, the weight of, mm. of hatred, of anger. Yes. These mm-hmm. all these weights attach themselves to you and you can begin to feel yourself literally burdened down from them. Yes. If you want to be released from that burden, you've got to let go of the weights. That's the uh, and those weights really is is centers all around unforgiveness and and, and it it is it starts with a decision. Yes, it starts with a decision more than a feeling because some people will say, "I don't feel like it." Wow, you may never feel like it. You 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 may never just feel like it, right? Right. You can do a thing because you know it's good for you to do. You can do it first and let your feelings catch up later. Wow, that's powerful. Woo! You can you can decide first, and so I I spend time in my coaching program. I spend time in the book "Free to Forgive" to talk about um, the impact of unforgiveness and the benefits of forgiveness. Yes. So a lot of people don't realize that there are consequences like physical consequences of unforgiveness to Mm. your health, to your very health. Mayo Clinic has documented in paper over paper, study after study, that holding on to grudges for long periods of time will impact your, uh, increase your risk for heart disease. Wow. Will increase your your risk for heart attack, your blood pressure going up. Uh, people are experiencing uh, sleepless nights because of holding onto forgiveness. Certain depressions wow. because of unforgiveness. Your your immune system is impacted when you carry all this stuff. Is impacted, and so when you need that immune system to kick in and fight for you when something's trying to hurt your body, something foreign mm-hmm. is coming to against your body, 
it's not working at its maximum capacity to fight off stuff that it normally would fight off. Yes. We're not holding on to unforgiveness. That is, oh, you said so many powerful things there. And what I want to know now is tell us about your book, because I can't wait to get mine. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you told us a lot of what you or some of what you have gone through, but what, how did you finally come to that point where you said, I've got to put this in writing? What was that journey like? It, it, it wasn't so much a journey. It was, I had to. Okay. It truly was. I had to. It was an assignment by God, from God. I didn't have a choice. I lit. I didn't have a choice, and I. I free to forgive is is what God has given me in my heart on paper. Mm. That, that it's just from from God to my heart to pen and paper, um, and it is meant to. This is what I believe, and and my 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 scripture that I stand on for my coaching and teaching is John ten ten. Okay. That the thief comes to do what? He comes Steal, to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus, and this is Jesus talking. I happen to believe everything Jesus says, right? So he says that's what the thief has come to do. Mm-hmm. Then he says, I have come yes. that you might have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the fullest. The, I'm persuaded that one of the major tools that the thief the enemy, the devil uses to destroy, to kill, is unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because if he can, if he can persuade you to hold on to unforgiveness, he's got your joy. Yes, Ooh. he's got your peace. He's got your good health. He's many people don't feel like they have a good future. Yes. He robbed you. He's stolen all of that when you decide that you will not forgive. And the flip side of that is listen your life to the fullest. Yes. Releasing all that stuff and in deciding to forgive. And so in the book, Free to Forgive, you know, I, I talk mm-hmm. about uh I talk about my story again, you know, I, I tell more about my story with my baby sister and I, um, again, go into one, talk about misconceptions about forgiveness. Okay. Because a lot of people are making, I, I, I'm just persuaded that, you know, if people have good information, they can make better decisions. Amen. We can make yes. better decisions with, with yes. good information. So there are a lot of misconceptions that we've lived with forever. We don't know where they came from necessarily, but we've been making decisions. Like uh, a misconception is that if I forgive, I have to reconcile with the person. Mm-hmm. And that's been tripping some people up. Some people think, well, I ain't ready to reconcile, so I ain't forgiven. Right. Right? right. Some people have believed the misconception that um, my offender has to apologize to me first before I forgive. And and we'll hold, we ain't giving it up. 
Yes. Holding on to all that anger and resentment and all that stuff inside because a person has not apologized. And I think you're in a right position Mm -hmm. because they haven't apologized. Now, again, for the believer, as as a Christian, we are instructed if we do something Mm -hmm. to someone, whether it's brought to our attention or we know it on our own, that we have hurt our brother or sister, it is our responsibility to apologize. Yes. And see, that is our responsibility. But not everyone's going to do it. Wow. Even a Christian, not every Christian is going to do it, sis. Wow, that's true. That's very true. And so in the same Bible where we're instructed that we're supposed to apologize, we see demonstrated by God himself, by Jesus himself, himself that forgiveness is not prompted by an apology. Yes. Scriptures tells us, uh, God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, mm. Christ died for us. Yes, he did. He, died for us. he didn't wait for us to repent. He didn't wait for us to get it right. Mm. We didn't come to him first and say, I'm sorry. He died for us first. Yes. Right. While we were in the wrong. Yes. That's you you can't ignore that demonstration. That's right. On the on the cross, he demonstrates to us Jesus on Good Friday. Every every, every Christian church is talking about the last words of Christ. And um, um the first word he says is Father, forgive them. Mm. Jesus, right? He he's saying, Father, forgive them because he had already forgiven them. But who was he talking about? He was talking about uh, the soldiers that whipped him so badly. Yes. He didn't even look like a man anymore. My God. He was talking about the soldiers that spit in his face. Mm. He talked about, he was talking about the people, the, the religious people that lied on him and came up with those yes. types of charges. He was talking about Pilate, who didn't mm-hmm. have a backbone. Right. To release him when he could have. And all those people that had done everything wrong to Jesus, which led him to hanging on that cross when he said those last seven words, they were all around. We have nowhere in scripture, sis, and and, and I haven't even in the book, quote unquote, missing books of the Bible, Mm -hmm. is it written that any of those persons came to Jesus and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Woo-wee. My God. Please Mm. forgive me. Mm, mm, mm. I was wrong. I should. Those are all words we want to hear, don't we? Yes, yes. Yeah, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I won't do it again. That's what we want to hear before we decide to forgive. But Jesus, so you you can you can decide to forgive without hearing one of those words. My God, woo wee, it's doable. Yes, it's, it's doable, not because we're so great in the flesh It's doable because of our faith. Yes. In the God that we serve. That, that's what yeah. makes it doable. And so um, I sometimes I so I, I talk about how we we can we have to um, all those misconceptions. I talk about about 10 of them that's in the book, mm-hmm. t- t- different misconceptions and how to come over him 
overcome them rather by knowing the truth. Mm. Don't make a bad decision on, on bad information. Wow. You, you're talking wow. about forgiveness is a decision that will change your life forever. Yes. Forgiveness is a decision that will change your life forever. Yes. At least have good information before you. Yes. Do, right. So know the consequences of it, the physical consequences for the believer, especially this spiritual consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I know, I know, I know. So many people don't want to want to call forgiveness a sin or unforgiveness a sin, but it is. It is. It is. Anything that God tells us that we he he gives he doesn't say forgive if you feel like it. Right. He doesn't say forgive depending on what was done to you. Wow. He says forgive as it here's another misconception that is big. My my offender does not deserve my forgiveness. Ooh, we been there. Did you, did you see what they did to me? <laughs> I, I've had to go to God. Did you, you, I know you saw that. You, exactly. You saw, right? And you still want me to forgive. And there are times when God, I need you to help me to forgive. Ooh. Because what he wants trumps mm-hmm. what was done to me. Yes. Yes. My God. What he wants trumps what was done to me. So I, I remember uh, when, again, coming into the church, reading, reading the Bible and uh, coming upon what's known as the Lord's prayer. Yes. Model prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. Where Jesus mm-hmm. disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. Yes. And we go through our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name and go through all of that. That mm-hmm. will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And there's another part. Well, I won't go there now, but at the end of that, the last two verses after he's after the prayer jesus continues and what what i call an addendum he adds to the prayer Mm -hmm. he says for if when you pray you forgive those that have trespassed against you then your father will forgive you wow next verse but if you don't if you don't forgive those who trespass against you your father will not forgive you I'm like, dang. Right. Wow. <laughs> there is nothing, mm-hmm. nobody that is worth me forfeiting the right to be forgiven. Amen. Woo, that's heavy. Wow. So in my eyes, yeah, you, you deserve forgiveness because I need forgiveness. I need it, sis. There's I not need it. There's not a day that I don't need it. <sighs> My so I, you, you can't take such preeminent space in my heart with yes. unforgiveness and resentment and stuff. And, and I knowingly forfeit the right to be forgiven because I'm holding. Who are you? Wow. You ain't that bad. Wow. That's it heavy. hurt, but you ain't worth all that. Not, not at all. Not for me all. not to be forgiven by God, I can't at any second. Oh God, I need you, forgive me. Yes, you know what I'm saying. That's real. That's real, sis. Yes. So yes. to say that an offender does not do, because some people uh, have have said 
and recently said to me, I, I was at an event, I'm sharing my story and sharing a, a book. And, and this young lady, her heart was broken for me when I told her about my sister. Yes. And she was like, how could you ever do that? That's unforgivable. Wow. Many people feel like that. That's unforgivable. Yep. There, yep. there are gross, traumatic things that have been done to us on purpose. Yes. Here's what's important. Forgiveness is not an act of merit. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you deserve it, quote unquote. It's an act of grace. Wow. That's how we got it. That's how we get it every day. Every day. It, because if God dealt, if you can't imagine, for 60 seconds, if God dealt with us based on our merit, what we deserve. Mm. My God. We Jesus. wouldn't make it. We wouldn't make it. Wouldn't but he doesn't. He doesn't, de he doesn't react to us. He doesn't mm -hmm. come at us. He doesn't handle us based yes. on merit. Yes. But based on grace, which yes. is undeserved favor. Which is undeserved favor. It ain't because you, what you did was right. It ain't because uh, uh, you some special person, quote unquote. It ain't because you're just so wonderful. I can't help but to forgive you. I'm extending to you grace. Wow. Undeserved favor. Wow. So I, I talk about that in the book. I, I also talk about, so, and I offer like strategies, a plan. If, yes. if you need to begin to forgive, here's some things you can do. Yes. Right, like one of the things I had mentioned earlier, because some people think they have forgiven but they're not sure god right you know, step is god helping us is this somebody i need to forgive who who is it my god what what do i need to forgive mm, mm, mm. right if, if god or am i holding um, animosity against someone and um don't don't necessarily realize it so mm -hmm. i also talk about what might be some possible signs that you have that's good that's good. How do we get your book? You can you can go to my website okay. at www.sandralcobb.com. I would recommend to anybody who even remotely feel that you may struggle in this area or you know someone that might to get this book. Um, many of us are showing up in the world fragmented where we are devastated by things that have happened to us. And in some cases, the people are, are dead and gone mm -hmm. that we are not forgiving and holding, holding us up on this side of heaven mm -hmm. and they may be gone. And if you are ready or not even if you're ready, just do it. You need to forgive. Don't just say, I'm going to get ready because you may never get ready. Just know the way Minister Cobb put it. I don't want the Lord to ever withhold his forgiveness from me. Not one drop. I don't ever want to give someone that much power mm -hmm. where they come between me and my savior or me and where I spend eternity or me and how I spend my life. Because many times while we're not forgiving, the other person has moved on doing whatsoever 
where wherever mm-hmm. going on with their life and we're still having these instant replays in our brain causing sickness causing high blood pressure causing migraines causing anxiety causing panic attacks mm-hmm. when really we just need to release it and say you know what it happened god has mandated me to forgive then there is no other choice there can be nothing that separates me from God's forgiveness. And I appreciate you for putting it that way because we have, we take classes and get coaches for business, mm-hmm. for, you know, academic success and for mm-hmm. entrepreneurism. But what about something that is as close to you as your emotional freedom? Mm-hmm. Why would you not? want insight on how to become emotionally free to forgive whoever it may be alive or dead mm-hmm. whatever that thing is that you've been holding on to that has set up shop in your mind in your heart in your spirit holding you captive keeping you in bondage like a mummy where you can't even be all of who God designed you to be because you you're trapped that thing has you suffocating. It feels like suffocation. I'm talking about my life here. It feels like suffocation. Like you're like you're in the corner spectating your own life and not even in your own body. And it's like, what's happening? Like you're a train wreck, a plane crash mentally. And I know I've gotten tired. I've reached rock bottom and if you're anything like me and you want something some insight that can help you break free i would suggest reaching out to minister cobb get her book determine if you can sign up for the coaching that she gives along with your counseling therapy but this is a a concentrated effort on an area that i know i struggle in That's why I had to reach out to her. I know this could be holding me up from living the way God has called me to, from loving the way God has called me to love, from giving the way God has called me to give, from really walking in the true calling of a Christian. Unforgiveness is a barrier. How can we walk with Christ or proclaim Christ if this happens to be a barrier, it wasn't for him. Mm. Why is it for me? So I want to thank you, Minister Cobb. I want to come back and have you on again in the near future. Please, my listening audience, please follow her on her social media outlets. Go on her website, obtain her book and comment in the comments. I, I love to interact with my listeners. But this has been such a wonderful time of refreshing for me um, because I, I, I have to admit, I have operated in avoidance for long enough. And that thing festers like an untreated wound that won't heal and it gets infected. And next thing you know, everything you do has a layer of infection on it because you haven't been cleansed of this thing. This thing is serious. If you look at social media, 
many of us are dealing with mental anguish mm-hmm. because of things that we things and people that we haven't dealt with and unforgiveness seems to always be the common denominator. So I want to thank you, Minister Cobb. Thank you to my audience. I want to remind everyone out there that the Christmas raffle is underway. Uh, you can purchase your raffle tickets uh, by uh, cash apping dollar sign CC with LHG. Follow my page to get all of the instructions. We have two amazing baskets. We are raffling uh, one that has a value of $50 one for 25 and the raffle tickets are $3 and $2. Again, thank you to my wonderful guests. Thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for enduring the technical difficulty, but this conversation was worth it all. And I pray that we can meet again and and discuss this even more. And I'm going to get the book, read the book, and then I'm going to call you back because, oh yes, thank you for showing that. Oh, and it's a beautiful cover too. Y'all better get this book, Free to Forgive. Get free. Do not cross over into this new year, Bound. Yes, God. Do not take these, yes. these habits of bitterness and resentment into a new, fresh year. You're asking God to give you a fresh wind. Well, how can he? How can he do that when you are blocking it? I'm talking to myself today. I got to get out of here. Thank you again, Minister Cobb. Thank you. you to all of you. We love you. And follow us on Trailblazers Radio on YouTube and Facebook for many more shows like this. Every Saturday from 5 to 7 is Critical Conversations with LHG. I want to say good night, everyone, and be blessed. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.